Welcome in, everybody. No quarter given today. ECU day on the DG show. That's right. I'm going to say it until they get sick of it. It's ECU takeover day. Patrick Johnson back for another year of this uh, purple and gold fun and frivolity. And we're so excited to be with you uh, here. Pirate Nation with a lot of great things happening. Shout out to our great DG affiliate, my home station, 94.3 The Game down in Greenville. My guy, the big hen, Henry Hinton, Hank Hinton. My staff down there, you know what they're doing today? Celebrating because I'm not in there. They're loving it. I'm throwing a party because you are here. Well, see, I need your staff. I want a staff swap. Can we do that? Is that legal in North Carolina? Can we staff swap? Could be fun. Yeah, it could be. Uh, but shout out to my guy, David Johnson, down there, my super producer, our guy, Ben Byron. Ben, you know, scored a basket on his own team in an all-star basketball game once. I don't know how he did that, but he that's that's I don't know how, how that works, but that's the story. It's kind of his claim to fame. So shout out to all those people down there. Hey, what a big day we have for you. It's great to be back uh, doing this again this year. We've got uh, ECU AD John Gilbert uh, coming up in just a few minutes here to kind of help us kick off the show. So John Gilbert, uh, the new director of athletics for ECU. There's a lot to talk about with him from a number of perspectives. Uh, certainly what uh, he has inherited and has done at ECU since taking over that job in December. But you also have uh, the new Town Bank Tower, which is opening there. Gorgeous facility. They'll have their ribbon cutting on Friday. And a big announcement over the summer, in case you were sleeping or snoozing on this one. But UConn leaving the American for the big least. And uh, so we'll get John Gilbert's thoughts on that. We've talked to the commissioner of the American about it on my uh, local show, which you can hear in the afternoons at 5 uh, on 94.3 The Game. Uh, but we'll get John Gilbert's take on that in the collective AD talk uh, on that. It's another one of those, uh, probably not a huge tectonic shift like we've had uh, with uh, things in the past uh, with uh, teams moving from con uh, conference to conference, but it is uh, a pretty big one and, and from basketball, a big perspective. Uh, John McGinnis, an all-time ECU great golfer, spent some time on the PGA Tour. Really before Harold Varner III, John McGinnis was ECU golf as far as like, you know, famous alums and that sort of thing. So John is going to be with us coming up a little after 1230 today. He now works uh, as an analyst and uh, course reporter for PGA Tour Radio. We'll talk with him uh, about Harold Varner III. That's probably, I would say, you know, obviously ECU football is the big focus right now of everything. And with the Town Bank Tower ribbon cutting on, uh, on a Friday, those are the two big stories because it's going to be a, a brand new look to Dowdy Ficklin Stadium this fall. Uh, but I would say that the Harold Varner story is probably the the big uh, non-football related story in Greenville right now and in the Pirate Nation because he played so well at the Northern Trust and he's inside the top 30. If he can maintain that spot inside the top 30, which means he probably to be on the safe side needs to be in the top 20 this week in Chicago to uh, make it to Atlanta and the final round of the PGA playoff and, and play for some real, really, really, really big money. Uh, that is part of that. So we're going to talk with uh, John McGinnis about Harold Varner uh, coming up later in the hour. Uh, still to come today, we've got uh, Kim McNeil. She's the new women's basketball coach at ECU. Women's basketball had a kind of a sudden coaching change at ECU in October, right before the season started last year. The interim uh, coach uh, fell ill. Fortunately, nothing that was... Uh, 
threatening to his life, but uh, they had to wind up with uh, a third coach to finish out the season. So it was a bit of a tumultuous time. Uh, but Kim McNeil is the new uh, bench boss in town for ECU women's basketball, so we'll talk to her today uh, coming up a little bit later on. Our pal Cliff Godwin, uh, known Cliff for many, many years, and uh, we'll talk some Pirate baseball, a little USA baseball with him. So Darren uh, Vaught, who we'll say hello to here in a second, the voice of USA baseball will uh, maybe work in a, a spot or two there. Uh, ECU basketball has been totally reimagined under Joe Dooley. He's got a virtual brand-new roster, and it is a top uh, 10 caliber roster if you count all the freshmen and the JUCO transfers. Uh, Joe Dooley in the 2 o'clock hour, and then uh, first-year ECU football coach Mike Houston coming up in the uh, 2.30 half hour today on uh, this uh, ECU Day DG. You can hashtag it. Uh, it is uh, hashtag ECU Day DG. And uh, the phone line, if you want to get in, there's a few people who've threatened to call, Darren, and I'm a little frightened of over this, but we'll still give it anyway. It's 800-849-2761, 800-849-2681. At David Glenn Show on Twitter, that's where you can send that hashtag. I'm at P-Man on air, and Darren Vaught has a Twitter handle as we bring uh, Darren in here today. My Huckleberry friend, it's great to see you. It's been a while since we've, we've talked a I lot. I love having you in. Well, thank you. I really do. I, I appreciate you saying that. And you've got quite a staff over there. We've got Drew from Elon which uh, he's the only person on the Elon campus with a Southern accent. I don't, I don't think anybody else has one there. So good for you, Drew. He said he was Elon, and you asked, oh, so where are you from, like New Jersey? Right, yeah. I, said, I said, no, 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 he's from somewhere outside of a major right. city like Boston or Philadelphia. Sure, he's yeah. from like an hour outside, but maybe even a different state. But he's claiming from But he'll there. claim from Like there. one of my yeah. neighbors at the beach who claims she's from Goldsboro, but she's really from Princeton or, or says she lives in Raleigh, <laughs> but she really lives in Apex. I got you. I got you there. No, no, I understand. People do that. Uh, we also got uh, from uh, William Peace University. I, you and I have some history at that, uh, that fine establishment in that downtown Raleigh, that university. Uh, intern Will is in there today. And it's the final day for the high schooler intern William right uh we we just reworked his schedule oh He's is that right? be in next week so oh, is he? Okay. I, I think it was going to be my bad well you know no, what he you know what William thought re, it's recent news recent well, okay news. that's breaking that's a breaking development here <laughs> yeah. do we have a sounder for that do we need to uh but anyway the, it was really nice meeting those guys before they all seem like really good guys and uh, they're part of the crew here that is uh, going uh, on uh, today. So we've got a lot of things to get into. There's some ECU news out of practice this morning, Darren, because uh, they're doing the morning practices for the uh, preseason camp. Uh, a, grad a graduate student from UCLA, uh, this guy's a four-star receiver, Audi Omotosho has uh, joined the ECU roster. Uh, number eight in your uh, program, number one in your heart uh, for him as he is uh, going to be uh, joining the ECU program as a grad assistant. Uh, Audie uh, is from Plano, Texas, so he's one of those heralded high schoolers, and he had a, a pretty decent little run at UCLA, but now he's graduated from there, he's moved on, and he has his own fashion line, or he's involved in producing his own fashion line. So this guy's not only a, uh, a, a boost and a great addition to the ECU uh, receiving core, but he's apparently a snazzy dresser as well. Uh, we mentioned the Town Bank Tower, which will be opening. The ribbon cutting on Friday. We're going to talk with A.D. John Gilbert about that coming up here in just a second. Uh, we've also got tomorrow night, uh, Darren. Did you know this up here in the Triangle? Uh, it is ECU night at the Carolina Mudcats. They're going to have an awesome little dual-branded hat. I saw that. It's a sharp-looking cap. Our friend Dave Lawrence, who used to work with us in the building uh, here, Dave is going to be uh, kind of spearheading that. And for the locals in Greenville, I'll be doing my show from uh, Five County. So I'm staying on Darren's couch tonight uh, up here for another <laughs> evening. 
and uh, we'll be taking care of that uh, tomorrow. So uh, lots to get into as far as that. We'll discuss all that a little bit later on, but we go to the line uh, here on this uh, ECU Day DG, the hashtag there, ECU Takeover Day. The new director of athletics for ECU is John Gilbert. He's been on the job since December, and he joins us here on the David Glenn Show on this uh, very uh, joyous and purple and gold, purple and gold occasion. Uh, John, great to talk to you again. Hope you're well. Doing well. Now, Patrick, is this live or memory? This is uh, <laughs> this, this is live in living color, John, here I today. It. Yeah, we are we are here today live and in living color. That was a good joke, John. I like that. That John Gilbert has <laughs> jokes, ladies and gentlemen. It's great to have him uh, on here with us. We're going to be live locally, too, uh, later on today, but also live locally uh, at uh, the Town Bank Tower ribbon cutting that's the plan on uh, friday so i'm excited about that for our local audience but you know we, we've seen these uh, similar structures erected at nc state uh, duke has a gorgeous one uh, wake force i think followed nc state now ecu has this state-of-the-art uh, beautiful uh, press box tower which is a real centerpiece not only to the athletic campus but i think for really could be argued uh, for the whole uh, community of greenville there well, it really is. It is a community asset. We we get to formally open it on Friday to those individuals that have uh, invested in the tower. And then on uh, Saturday, this Saturday, we've got Meet the Pirates. Uh, and beginning at 4 o'clock, any individual uh, in the area that, that wants to come to Dowdy Ficklin and tour the tower can do so for free. And then we've got our football team signing uh, autographs after that. So anybody wants that wants to see the tower uh, before the first game will be able to do that this Saturday. It's going to be exciting. You know, John, when you talk about uh, what that means to, to the athletic department, what it means to the community, but what will this structure mean to the football program? Well, certainly, you know, from a recruiting standpoint and for our donor base, you know, when you turn on Charles Avenue and you see the structure, you see clearly that East Carolina is committed to this football program. It is extremely nice. It is going to be a community asset, but I think it sends an impression point that we care about football at East Carolina. John Gilbert is uh, the director of athletics at ECU. He uh, took over in, in December. John, when you when you took over, what was uh, the, the number one thing you felt like you needed to accomplish? Uh, certainly, we've talked about this before locally in the Greenville market, but on this, to the statewide audience, the ECU brand has been so strong so long with, with people. Uh, but what were some of the things that you felt like you needed to accomplish uh, here in the first few months or first hundred days since taking over? Well, 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 number one order of business was to hire a new football coach, and I'm thrilled with, you know, where we are with that with Mike Houston. You know, Mike is really a, a, an exceptional leader of men. Uh, you, you know, he is changing uh, the culture of our football program. Uh, I think we are going to be – you know, more disciplined on the field. Obviously, he's talked about physicality. Uh, and I also love the staff that he's brought. You know, mm -hmm. he's got uh, four people uh, on his staff that, that had previous ties to ECU. So I, I think there's a comfort level and feel for, you know, when those individuals were here before on previous staffs, you know, we were successful. And so I think there's uh, a level of comfort with that as well. Number two, I would tell you, is really important for me to be uh, visible. 
I, I wanted our fan base to have access to me both, you know, at athletic events and then, you know, from a correspondence standpoint, uh, I don't have a uh, social media presence personally, but I think we've been uh, very engaging uh, with the main athletic department accounts to to get myself out uh, on a social media platform mm -hmm. and just making sure that our athletic department uh, is engaging all of Eastern North Carolina. I felt like that was a huge component in these first uh, eight months. The Twitterless John Gilbert, but he does appear on Twitter on uh, the John Gilbert 60-second uh, question videos, which are very popular, and I enjoy them greatly. Uh, Director of Athletics at ECU, he's joining us here uh, on the phone. Joe Dooley, uh, we're, we're going to be speaking with him in a little bit, uh, has also uh, gone out and basically recreated his basketball team, and that was something you were 100% behind and, and committed to him doing. And there's sort of a new look uh, to, to Williams Arena Minji's Coliseum as well, which will help tie that venue uh, in with kind of the overall branding of, of the athletic department? Yeah, th there were a, a number of things that I felt like needed addressing pretty quickly. Uh, you know, one, we needed to, to redo the floor at Menji's and, and get a more up-to-date, lighter look. I feel like we accomplished that with the, with the design that we have. Uh, our weight room, we did a complete renovation uh, this summer, new flooring, new weights, working on new graphics. A uh, new football practice turf field uh, that, you know, we just opened uh, at the beginning of uh, football camp. We've got another auxiliary field that we're uh, building now for our sports programs. Volleyball locker room renovation. We're enclosing uh, softball batting cages. You know, we're doing an indoor uh, pitching area for our baseball team. And so we, we are a student-athlete-centered athletic department. You know, I wanted to make sure that as we uh, look at our athletic footprint, that we have a consistent look and feel, and that it, it is conducive uh, for attracting student-athletes to come to East Carolina. ECU Director of Athletics John Gilbert on with us uh, here. It is uh, ECU Day on the David Glenn Show. Patrick Johnson with you, and a uh, great joy to be joined by John. We're going to talk to John McGinnis, who was uh, a great ECU golfer now with uh, PGA Tour Radio, about Harold Varner uh, in a little bit. Got a, a chance to say hi to you in Greensboro a couple weeks ago. You had just caddied for HV3 uh, on the Pro-Am Day. That had to be a, a kind of a fun thing and a chance for you to really kind of get to know Harold, who is just a, a gregarious, effervescent, big personality and fun guy. Well, it really was special for me. Harold and I had talked on the phone, but uh, I certainly had not met him prior to that day. And obviously, in between shots, got to spend a lot of time, you know, talking to him about East Carolina and his love for the Pirates. Um, you know, excited for him this past weekend. I think he was in uh, third place, which helped him qualify for Chicago. Uh, he's put himself in position to to have a really good year and close out strong. And, you know, we need the Harold Barners of the world, you know, to stay engaged with our athletic department. And so, you know, I told him open invitation. Uh, you know, we call and have texted a couple times since then and look forward to hosting him here for the uh, William & Mary game where hopefully we can do some things to display his uh, golf prowess at halftime. We've got a couple ideas we're coming up with. 
One of the big stories, John, uh, for the conference, for the American Athletic Conference out of uh, the, uh, the the off season was the decision by UConn right before the football media uh, days to announce they were going to be leaving for the uh, Big East in all sports. Football is going to go as uh, an independent. Uh, we've talked with Commissioner Mike Oresco uh, on our local show there on 94.3 The Game about that uh, frequently. Uh, he's he's given us some, some good insight into that. You were part of the athletic director's meeting uh, or conference call or, or both that have, have happened in the aftermath. What is the feel from your perspective, but also collectively from ADs in, in the American over uh, the UConn decision? And, and, you know, as far as maybe replacing them with somebody anytime soon, where is all that right now? Well, I, I think the the landscape of college athletics is, is changing more now than it has over the last several years. And so I'm not surprised by the exit of UConn. I think they wanted to get in a tighter footprint from a competitive and travel standpoint. Obviously, that is going to help significantly uh, with their budget. I don't see it um, – you know, as a huge impact to the league, other than as relative to football scheduling, I am concerned about, you know, what an 11 team uh, conference football schedule will look like. Uh, I, I think that it is very difficult to do. It could create, uh, you know, some scenarios where teams are not getting, uh, you know, a buy or off week until very late in the year. And, and so I, I, I want to reserve full judgment until I actually see what a schedule would look like. But, but I think there are some concerns, uh, you know, with an 11 game or 11 team schedule uh, from a buy or off week standpoint, I, I think as it relates to basketball, again, uh, they, they've got a rich basketball history that, um, you know, certainly our league had four teams postseason last year, uh, more than the Pac-12. And, and so those, those teams are coming back. And, and so I think uh, we're going to be fine from a basketball standpoint. I don't see uh, us adding a, a new member uh, right now. I think the discussion uh, in the room uh, and from the ADs and the commissioners or the commissioner was, you know, let's say at 11 and, and let the dust settle. So I think that's where we'll be uh, in the near future. John, final uh, thing for you here. Uh, the, the football schedules are, are done so far out and uh, the Virginia tech situation uh, where games were, were canceled in the wake of the, the hurricane last year. Future dates with Virginia Tech for those that maybe be, maybe have followed uh, or have not followed that since uh, everything kind of went down about 10 months ago. Where is where is that now, and what are some of the scheduling goals for, uh, for well, you? Well, we're trying to bring that uh, to final resolution of, of what the future looks like. It's unfortunate that that series, uh, you know, was – uh, stopped or the game not played this past year. I really hate it because I do think it was good for, for both fan bases. You know, maybe there's an opportunity in the future to resume that. Um, but, uh, you know, it is what it is and, and we're going to move forward. I, I spend a lot of time on football scheduling, uh, certainly working on some home and home opportunities to try to get, uh, you know, a power five type school here. 
And then I also think in, you know, 2023, we're going to look to play a a buyer guarantee game. Uh, I think it fits that year where we could do one of those. It's not something that I want to do on a regular basis, but I think where opportunity presents itself, both from a competitive visibility and financial standpoint, it's got to make sense in all those categories for me. Hey, it's great to have you on. Looking forward to seeing you Friday at the uh, Ribbon Cutting and uh, at Town Bank Tower. And uh, thank you for the time here to help kick off uh, uh, DG ECU Takeover Day. Go Pirates. All right, there he is, John Gilbert. Great to have John uh, on with us uh, here, new director of athletics at uh, ECU. John got to caddy for Harold Varner the uh, third, as we mentioned, on the Pro-Am Day. John, not necessarily a noted golfer, but uh, I think that was more for uh, the experience of having John uh, out there. A guy that is a noted golfer is John McGinnis. He's coming up at the bottom of the hour. We'll take a break, uh, come back, set the table for that on the David Glenn Show. Mr. President, Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show. Greenville's very own Row High alum, Petey Pablo. And I guess he's now as popular in the triangle. Yeah, statewide. Because, well, really statewide. You're statewide, right. Statewide, the connotation's the a little uh, different here. Yeah, because, because of the hurricane uh, run in the playoffs. My wife saw Petey Pablo in our neighborhood a while back, and I, I said, well, did, could you go talk to him and say, hey, my husband hosts a radio show. We'd love to have But she didn't do it. He has his own beer. I'm sure he'd be willing to promote that now. That's right? what the Pirate Nation needs to drink in the response to this old Tuffy swill. <laughs> yeah. You know, the Petey Pop beer. I forgot all about that, Darren. This is why you're here. All right, we're going to talk Harold Varner III, and uh, we'll talk to John McGinnis with PGA Tour Radio coming up. Hey, there's a also a, a quarterback controversy in Greenville. Holton Aylers, Reed Herring. Coach Houston, who we'll talk to at 2.30 today, was asked about it. This is what he had to say. Uh, well, I think probably August 31st would be the really important time for us to name one. So, there you go. Coach speak. <laughs> Matter of fact. Uh, we'll be back with John McGinnis. Talk Harold Varner the third PGA, and more. David Glenn Show on hashtag ECU Day DG. show it is uh, ecu day here on the statewide dg show patrick johnson here today great to be in the chair darren vaught across the way and sticking with the david glenn uh, theme in a sense the blues brothers sweet home chicago shy town is where the pga tour's second round of their playoff will be this weekend before heading to the uh, final 
in Atlanta next week. Uh, there is an ECU golfer heavily involved in that uh, and was one of the big stories out of the Northern Trust last weekend. It's Harold Varner III. John McGinnis, uh, ECU golf alum, great broadcaster on PGA Tour Radio and Sirius XM, uh, joins us on the uh, phone now to talk about HV3 and a lot more. John, thank you for doing this, man. Good to talk to you again. Great to talk to you guys. Uh, thrilled to do it. Well, we've got uh, Harold Varner. When we saw you in uh, Greensboro a couple weeks ago, we were talking about Harold Varner is, is just a step or two away from, you know, really getting breaking through, getting that first win. He was so close, missed a couple of putts that you really can't miss, kind of close putts on uh, uh, on 16 and 17 at the Northern Trust. But uh, right there, and what a jump to get from 102 because he didn't finish things real well in Greensboro, uh, to go from 102 into the top uh, 30 and, and safely uh, making the cut and getting on to this next round. I mean, this is the the next four days are, are, the, are the biggest – and I don't think that's just conjecture. I mean, I think that, that is the, the, the truth, the biggest in Harold's career. Now, I would agree with that, actually. Um, you know, if, if he can stay in the top 30, and I don't know what the math says he needs to do, but probably finish top 40 this week, top 30 this week. If he just plays, uh, you know, well, and he certainly is playing well, I, I fully expect him to do it. And put himself in a position to, to make it to the Tour Championship and all that comes with that. Um, that's the big thing is that you make it to the Tour Championship, you're in all four majors next year, including the Masters. So, yeah, it's a huge week for Harold. And it's an opportunity, too, even though it wouldn't uh, necessarily, you know, unless he won it, guarantee anything uh, that, uh, you know, like the two-year exemption, just to get into those events next year and, and, and have that opportunity to compete at that level. You know, we, I was talking to our, our, our mutual friend Brian Mall, who does a lot of reporting on golf for Forbes and, and the Caddy Network about this the other day. I think people probably don't appreciate the fact and they just look at what he shot in the final round, but just getting to a major on a Sunday like Harold did in the PGA that's that's so big for somebody's career. And even though they didn't turn out that day like a lot of Pirate fans, a lot of Harold Varner fans, and, and I'd hoped it had, that probably left a, a mark on Harold that is maybe we're seeing come to fruition a little bit now. Well, I actually texted Harold that night and, and just said, you know, your day's coming. And he, he said, you bet it is. And the one thing about Harold is he has probably the best attitude in professional golf, maybe, the best attitude in professional sports. Yeah. I don't even think that's overstating it. This is one guy that is never, ever going to take a, a, a single autograph for granted. I can't say enough. Uh, and this is, this is not hyperbole. This guy is just that guy who gets it. And he got it that day. And, you know, it's easy to be nice after you shoot 67. <laughs> it's easy to sign all the autographs and smile and do all those things. But when you go out there and have what could have been, you know, emotionally the worst day you've ever had and, and to still do all the right things afterward, um, I hope that Harold's success on the golf course gives him the popularity that he deserves uh, because he'll embrace it. He'll be an inspiration. I, I feel absolutely certain. John McGinnis, a broadcaster on PGA Tour Radio, himself a, a former uh, tour playing 
uh, member, won three times on the PGA Tour, joining us here at John McGinnis, M-A-G-I-N-N-E-S on uh, Twitter. You can follow uh, John there. Uh, you, the thing that struck me in, in Greensboro, and, and not only the autographs, and of course he played well the first couple of rounds, John, uh, speaking of Harold Varner here, but how well-liked he is by players on tour, how well he's liked by the PGA Tour officials. I mean, it's, it's a genuine thing. And again, it goes back to he's the nicest guy, and it's not, you know, just it, it's not I'm nice because I had a good round. I mean, he, he's that way towards everybody. It, it's really a remarkable thing to see in person. And it's, it's family out there, you know. Uh, you're with those guys every time you leave the house. So, um, you know, they get, you get to know each other on a, on, a, on a pretty interesting level. You still have, when you're a tour player, you still have your, your friends back home. Those are your real friends, the guys you went to college with, the, the, the guys you grew up with. Um, and then your friends on tour are just, you know, this group of guys. They're, they're coworkers, essentially, who you get to know a little bit better than coworkers. And, and – <laughs> Uh, there's a there's a, a a big family atmosphere to it. You get to know everybody's wives, and uh, basically, if you're one of the guys on the tour and you don't like Harold Varner, then we can't be friends. <laughs> it's just that simple. John McGinnis, uh, with this uh, ECU golf alum, probably before Harold was uh, ECU's most noted. Uh, golf uh, playing alum, uh, member of the PGA Tour now on PGA Tour Radio. The event itself, uh, this isn't a course, you know, it's going to be very new to Harold, but it's going to be, it's not a course a lot of these guys have played before necessarily uh, or haven't played frequently. Uh, what kind of course are, are they looking at, Harold and everybody, that uh, is going to be taking part here uh, in Chicago beginning tomorrow? Well, it's it's a big old, it's a big traditional golf course to tell Major championships, most recently it held the Ryder Cup, uh, what, eight, nine years ago when Davis Love had his team looking like they were going to win, had a four-point lead going into the, into, uh, the singles and, and lost it famously. Uh, it's that golf course for those who, who were paying attention then and haven't been paying attention since. Uh, it, it's where we really learned to hate Ian Poulter. I mean, we didn't like it before then. We really learned to hate Ian Poulter that week. And we didn't think a whole lot of Justin Rose and some of the other guys either. Um, so it's there. It's the place where Rory uh, almost missed his tee time and a, and a cop because he, he got Central time and East Coast time messed up. And he, he had to get a police escort to the golf course and got there 15 minutes before his tee time in the singles. Um, so it's that place. And it has the grand old uh, clubhouse uh, that is, I don't, I, somebody could explain to you the architecture to it. I, I can't, I can't speak to it with any eloquence. <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a great golf course. Tigers won two, two PGAs there. Uh, it's hard. You know, it, it's going to be soft today because mm-hmm. they had a, a ton of rain last night. Um, if, if it firms up and, and plays difficult, you know, it's kind of place where 10, 12, 13 under can win. And as you know, on the PGA Tour, these days, 18 to 20 usually win. So I like it. I like it for a guy that's playing his, that, that has all of his, his tools working. And right now, Harold has all his tools working. So I love it for him. For you know, the other guy I mentioned, Tiger, who hasn't played any golf, who withdrew last week, who only played nine holes in the Pro-Am this morning, as much as he knows this golf course as well as anybody, I don't love his chances. Yeah, John, did did he just 
is he spent was he just physically it seems like he is but emotionally did he put so much into winning the masters that it, it it's just hard to sort of fill that bucket back up as as quickly as he once could i don't i, I mean yes obviously that that makes perfect sense um he even addressed it he withdrew from some tournaments and said you know i'm still celebrating and who could blame him that one didn't seem like it, w- it was ever going to happen uh I, physically you know, he's always going to be hurt. He's never going to be 100%, but it would be nice uh, to see him be able to put some weeks together. Maybe maybe that day's gone now. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. He still looks great, and the swing still looks great, but, you know, it's not like us going out and teeing it. You and I going out and teeing it up this afternoon. It's, it's a grind. It's five days of, of golf and all that goes with it, and play the PGA Tour – uh, it's harder than it looks, I promise you. If it wasn't, everyone would be doing it. We got John McGinnis, PGA Tour Radio. He uh, won three times on the Tour, ECU alum, uh, turned pro in 1991, at John McGinnis on uh, Twitter here on the uh, David Glenn Show on ECU Takeover uh, Day of the DG Show. And, uh, John, the, the thing, I think I, I heard this, I may have heard it on one of your broadcasts, but, I mean, he he has to really – physically the, the the preparation to get limber and, and stretched out and massage i mean he has to get to the that begin that process several hours before he even goes to the range does he know? oh yeah that's what that's what he is talking about he, he he has said it's you know it is a a four and five hour process there's ice baths involved there's uh, interminable stretching. I'm sure there's yoga and all those things involved. So, uh, yeah, for Tiger, it's not like the old days where, you know, you worked out two hours a day, you practice for a couple of hours a day, and then you kind of piddle around. For him, it's it's probably a lot more effort than we can even imagine. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how – I don't know what the motivation is to sustain at this point. Other than to win three more majors and get and get to, to Jack, and maybe after winning the Masters, he's thinking that's less and less likely now. And so, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Tiger. You know, the, the Masters did seem like with Tiger a bit of a kind of a culmination, obviously. But but that was sort of the way that was celebrated. You just got the the the, the sense now that we're looking back on it that might have been the moment, the, the final one. And uh, it was it's a hell of a, a redemption and a hell of a comeback, but it, that just that may have been it. I mean, we'll we'll see. Obviously, at forty three, there's still time. He's still three years younger than Jack was when when he won his final Masters. Uh, I'll be very interested to see what the beginning of next year looks like. You mentioned how how tough it's been on Tiger, or how emotionally exhausting. He's only played thirteen rounds on of professional golf since the Masters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he has basically sidelined himself, which, um, I mean, I, I guess physically that's what he felt like needed to happen. And emotionally, I, I can't wait to see what next year looks like. If he comes out and actually has the uh, the, the, the motivation and, and, the, and the drive to, to try to capture more. I'm surprised he's playing this week. I, I Actually, when he withdrew last week, I felt certain that that was it for him, that he was going to call it a year and play a couple of exhibitions in that tournament in Japan and, and have that be that. Do you like the new schedule, John? Have you, have you liked it this year being out on the uh, road? 
Uh, I like it fine. I understand that it's taking some adjustments for the players to get used to. Um, but uh, I, I think it makes sense. And, uh, by the way, the players can complain all they want, but they upped the FedEx Cup money by 50% doing this. Right. <laughs> you know, the guys, if, if just in case $10 million wasn't enough, now there's $15 million. Yeah. You know, they went from $45 million to $60 million, or from Yeah, that's right. Yeah. $45 million to $60 million in the FedEx Cup part. So if those guys want to complain, they can complain to somebody else. I'm not listening. Is is there a real pace of play problem, and are guys getting in each other's uh, grill inside of the uh, clubhouse over this uh, well, pace of play comments and all the subtweeting and what have you? Here's here's what's fun about that conversation. Uh, I work on the PGA Tour Live project now as much as I work on anything else, uh, which is fine. It's feature groups coverage on Thursday and Friday morning. That Bryson video of him taking two minutes and twenty seconds to hit a putt happened on a Friday in a threesome when his group was not out of position. His group waited on the next hole. That's what's not being told in that story. Right. Uh, because golf, because 156 players, or in this case, uh, 125 players, take a long time to play golf. Golf is slow. And if there's an, I love the fact that this guy can't just say, well, you know what, you're right, I, that, that was ridiculous. I took too long there. He won't admit it. <laughs> you know, hey, you took two minutes and 20 seconds to hit an eight-foot putt, and you missed the whole pile. <laughs> uh, you know, if he'd just say, you know what, that time I took too long, I'm sorry, it won't happen again, that that would have probably ended the conversation. But instead, he's, he's gone off on all these tangents. Well, you know, I walk so much faster than other players that I should be allotted more time. No, 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 you're slow. We <laughs> caught you. You're slow. Just admit it and say you're going to try to do something about it. Uh, but they're never going to. We don't want to see the outcome. of we, how, how would you feel if Harold Garner got penalized on the 71st hole and it cost him the, oh. the, the win of a golf or, or anybody. It would be terrible. It would right. be, be awful. So, um, so I don't I don't see them doing anything about it significantly. The other thing, we got a couple minutes here. I, I wanted to work in real quick. Um, the, 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 the cut line goes down next year. I mean, you're, you're talking – what is it? it says 70, 65 guys next year. I mean, there's a, the, the, right. the, the depth of the tour is about as good as it's been ever. Might be the best it's been ever. There's going to be some really good guys putting some low numbers on the board that aren't going to be getting to the weekend next year. Here's, here's what I've said about that, and I've been asked to stop saying it. So I'm going to stay right here, and then I won't say it anymore. That's a good deal. If somebody show me one legitimate reason for this. I don't need a dozen. Give me one good reason why we've reduced the number of players playing on the weekend. We're finishing at 6 o'clock when CBS wants us to finish, and we're not starting until 8.30 or 9 o'clock in the morning. So we have time. We have daylight. What, somebody, oh, and by the way, the purses are going up, not down. Yeah. So there's enough for everybody. Um, there, there's no good reason. The only reason I could come up with is greed. And that's not a good reason. I mean, we're going from 18% for first to 20% for first. That's a nice number. Those guys are doing great. Yeah. I think it's a terrible idea, and I think that it's going to cost somebody who will never hear their job. And it's ironic because in the study, the tour said, well, it only happens once or twice a year where the top uh, 65 is a different number than the top 70. 
And the ir- irony of that is the last two cuts on the PGA Tour were a tie for 68th at Wyndham and a tie for 69th at uh, Northern Trust. So the last two cuts under 70, because uh, there's no cut this week, were both uh, were, were both eliminate would have eliminated players that it would have made a big difference for. Yeah. John, uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it, man. Good to talk to you again, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully catch up with you down the line and uh, look forward to hearing you on PGA Tour Radio and uh, know you'll be uh, rooting for Harold as much as you can. Uh, on uh, and, and, and the Pirates, we open up in, the, in, what, three weeks against State? Three weeks against State. Oh, no, it's a new season. I know. we got to get you to a Greenville game this year, so we'll work on that. Uh, I'm, I'm in. Come right. on it. John McGinnis. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. We'll see you. There he goes, John McGinnis. McGinnis is fired up. I like it. I think he might have a Petey Pablo brew with you, maybe. Uh, we'll get uh, a break in here, come back, wrap up the hour, and get you ready for uh, Coach Kim McNeil, Cliff Godwin, and uh, Joe Dooley, Mike Houston, all still to come here on this ECU edition of the David Glenn Show. Stay with us. Well, day drinking from Parmalee. Why not? Good old Eastern Carolina boys. David Glenn show. Patrick Johnson in today. ECU day. Tomorrow's UNC day. Our pal Dave Nathan. Good guy. Going to be hosting that tomorrow. And then it's Hornets day on Friday. Three hours of the Hornets, huh? John Fokey, the new radio voice of the Charlotte. Fokey. All right. Well, very good. Hey, next hour, we got Kim McNeil, Coach Cliff Godwin, talking all things ECU here on the David Glenn Show.